Welcome back. This latest series of Steelcasts has very much been focused on the challenges around decarbonising the steel industry. And throughout the series we've tried to take a holistic approach to the issue, talking not just about the technological challenges, but also the economic, environmental, political and market challenges. Now for those of you who have listened to the last 20 or so episodes, I hope, like me, that you've learned something along the way. But I also suspect you'll have come to some conclusions already. Firstly, this topic is a whole lot more complex than it might appear at first sight. There is no silver bullet. And secondly, success, however that might be defined, will only come from a genuine, open and proactive collaboration between governments, businesses, academia and supply chains. And thirdly, while energy intensive industries such as steel may look inward for solutions and look for governments to support technology change and energy parity, every single market sector is grappling with its own issues and pushing forward the boundaries of new technologies and new ways of working. And maybe in no sector is that more true than in the construction sector. Buildings such as those behind me today, the active office and active classroom here on Swansea University's Bay Campus, which are completely off the grid, are breaking the mould in terms of what is possible. Buildings as power stations, they call them here, which provide huge opportunities, especially, for example, in social housing. We'll put the link to the active classroom in the podcast notes. And for those of you watching this pod on YouTube, while you can see the beautiful colour coat steel cladding, what you can't see is so many of the amazing technologies used within the buildings that are based on steel solutions. Today's podcast is another insight into the solution end of the construction supply chain and another example of a project that is heavily predicated on steel as a material and the expertise of Tata Steel as a supply chain partner. The podcast comes again from the building research establishment in Watford, where we caught up with Alex Small, Tata Steel's market and business development manager. He talks to us about an amazing building called the Seismic Demonstrator Building, again using modern methods of construction and again heavily predicated on steel solutions. But don't let me try to explain it all. Here's Alex. So today we're talking construction and we're here in Watford with the Seismic Demonstrator Building and I'm delighted to be joined by Alex Small. Alex is the Digital Platform and Innovation Lead for Tata Steel and uh, Alex, brilliant, thanks for welcoming us here, what a place. I mean it looks even better on the outside than it does on the inside to be honest but uh, you know we're here today not to talk about what the place looks like, although it looks fantastic, but but more about the technology behind it, how it fits in with the, the legislation that's moving forward on construction. Uh, and, and saving energy, and, and there's a whole load of things to talk about, aren't there? Where did Seismic all start? Well, it started actually um, from um, one person in particular who's working at the Department for, Department for Education. Um, there was some frustration from his, his side that uh, more modular manufacturers weren't be being used by local councils and, um, and regions to build more schools. Obviously, a school has very set spaces in terms of dimensions for classrooms, you know, toilet blocks, halls, etc. So it very much fits a modular design. Um, and when asking the right questions to the right people, it actually turned out that it was too high a risk quite often for them to use modular manufacturers for multiple schools, simply because all of them used slightly different um, 
section sizes for their steel components and the frames of those modules. Um, and therefore, if one of them was to go under or wasn't able to complete a project, it's very difficult for another one to come in or a main contractor to come in and complete that building. Whereas if you have a standardized system, a standardized set of components, a kit of parts approach, if you like, um, it's much easier for someone else to come in and finish that building off or to collaborate on projects. Yeah, and standardization is key to this, I understand that. But if we go back a step, this whole concept of modular building rather than traditional build, what's the advantage of that and, and why is it so so good for places like schools and hospitals? Uh, well, there's a, a, a terminology that came out of actually a report a few years ago called uh, Modernize and Die by a, a chap called um, Mark Farmer from Cast Consultants. And, um, and what he focused on is something called uh, pre-manufactured value and this is all about how much of the construction project can be completed off-site away from people's uh, inconveniencing people away from the dirt and the dust and um, inside factory conditions better quality of uh, or better conditions for, uh, for working for people um, more reliable higher quality control you know if you can put most of your uh, as much of that finishing of a, of a building into those factory conditions and then bring it to site as pre-assembled fully finished or partially finished assemblies and build a building almost like Lego bricks yeah. uh, then you can drive significant saving of time on site where any contractor will tell you that's where a lot of the cost goes you also you save a lot in health and safety as well um, and the, the end quality of the product normally is significantly improved. Yeah so when you describe seismic I'm quite surprised the size of the place apart from anything else but when you describe seismic um, would you say that it's uh, the, the technology of, of using steel frames or is it the system of standardization or is it a sort of a supply chain collaboration project how would you describe it? Uh, well, it's, seismic has been described as the, the Henry Ford moment for construction because it's a little bit of both. It is, um, it, it is a system that requires steel um, in that modules um, are mostly, uh, majority any of, uh, of modules are a steel frame. So the core of the chassis, if you give that automotive approach, is a steel frame. Um, and then you can bolt on and, and fasten on the wall systems, the windows, the doors, the flooring systems, the ceiling, the roofs, you know, everything else can be fixed onto that. Um, meaning that you can almost turn that sort of modular construction process into an assembly line. And what we want to do as Tata Steel is play, is move downstream and play more of that sort of automotive tier one style um, supplier into the construction sector. So we would make those floor cassettes, we would make potentially those, those ceiling cassettes and those wall systems and supply them just in time into modular manufacturers or directly potentially to site for main contractors to then assemble those and build a module, build a frame, send it down the assembly line and more and more gets added to it until you have something that can be delivered and bolted on site. So it's a, it is, we can potentially play a major role in the, the automation of a supply, of a, of a, a flow line effectively mm. for, uh, for buildings, yeah, which is quite it, exciting. And it is an interesting comparison with the automotive industry and people will well know about common platforms for different models of car and even different brands mm. of car. And I remember talking to Matthew Teague about the same thing, but you know, yeah. as a steel company, so you know, people say, Tar Steel, we just make steel. You don't make buildings. You know, are, are we, although we do starting to make things, uh, panels and profiles and, and, and sandwich sheets and so forth. Um, but are we moving down the down the sort of supply chain into more construction where there might be more value? We are. 
Uh, well, we would like to. Um, it's the challenge is if we if you have a system like Seismic where you've got standardized components, kit of parts approach, if we aren't involved in the assembly of the systems and the components, then we aren't necessarily the ones that the components get bought from. Whereas if we have that through uh, supply chain approach, then we can make sure that the components, the steel components that go in the frame, in the floors, in the ceilings, in the roof cassettes here as well, um, and, the, and those wall systems and the cladding systems, whatever's involved in that, in that collection of assembly parts and systems, have uh, have steel that's come from Port Talbot, that they go through potentially the colour coat line in, in, in Shotton, assembled into systems, pulling uh, channels through from other parts of the business, um, and then we assemble them, more added value, um, with a, a great focus we have on quality control, tolerance. We are a very trusted supplier already, just our brand, our reputation, meaning that we can we can really play an added value role and we get the value. So not only are we locking in components, locking in Port Talbot steel, but we're getting the added value of being a, a downstream supplier. Yeah, and uh, you know, people would be wrong to imagine that Seismic, it's called a demonstrator a reason, they'd be wrong to think that Seismic is just about the frame. You were showing me earlier some of the fast fit systems and some other mm. systems upstairs. There's a lot of technology that we have brought to the party, I guess, as Tata Steel. We have, yeah. We uh, well, actually, what's really interesting about this platform is, or this project, is it was a demonstrator project, and that meant that after the 18 months of the of the funded project from UKRI, we had to have a building, this demonstrator building, where a member of the government could come and literally cut a bow on the on the on the front of the building. Um, so what we actually did in order to de-risk that for the project, we couldn't, this isn't an R&D project. This wasn't an R&D project. We needed something commercially viable. So we couldn't, um, we couldn't go off and just start from scratch. How are we going to make a ceiling cassette? How are we going to make a roof cassette? So we actually, uh, we did, a, if you like, two options. One system, one option uh, that was a safe evolution of, of what some of the modular manufacturers, or the two modular manufacturers uh, in this project already do. And then what we called option two, which we were more involved in and heavily involved and led the, the design of which was more um, using more of our products to solve some of those problems so for example the floor of the ceiling cassettes that we've designed to have no plasterboard in them uh, very high fire um, performance um, but no plasterboard the reason being that there's waste involved in plasterboard it's also quite timely to to install um, we've also so so I think what's really interesting is you have two completely different systems applied to the same common frame mm. um, making it, uh, for my, in my opinion, even more similar to some of those automotive sort of platform um, models. Um, the other thing we did, we've developed um, something called um, Trimmer Wall Fast Fit, which is a I think it's a fantastic product. You literally use a bracket and rail system on, on a wall. You can put all of your uh, electronics, your cables and your, and your um, plumbing behind on, on the face of the wall. And you literally can just clip on panels to give you a fantastic uh, finish inside. And we've actually on this building for the first time ever, we've used that on the external uh, cladding for this building as well. All installed. In fact, some of the panels upstairs were installed by people like me. No, <laughs> not even fitters, you know, we don't, you know, completely reducing the level of skill 
uh, required to do complicated things like, uh, uh, or high skilled things like replacing people who would normally do plastering and, yeah. um, and, and paint finishing. We've reduced that, that and massively increased the time it takes with high quality to, to, to do some of these systems. Yeah, and it's a different skill set. And I know, you know, there's a whole different debate to be had about skills in the construction sector and where that goes. The other interesting thing you were telling me earlier, Alex, was about the ability to almost pick this building up and move it and put it somewhere else. And I know that's a topic, the, the whole topic of reuse and recycling of buildings is, is becoming much more prevalent. And I yeah. guess being steel intensive, that whole recycling of a building, potentially the end of its life, is much easier as well, is it? Well, the recycling of, of any steel uh, building or component is, I mean, it's infinitely recyclable, but you've got to melt it down again, obviously, but you don't lose any quality in, in, that, in that, that recycling. What we're focusing on with this system is the reuse. The reuse, not just of the components, but you could reuse a floor cassette, you could reuse a whole module, you could reuse the roof, uh, drop-on roof cassettes we developed here. Um, and. And actually, the two th there's two parts of this project that make the reuse likelihood of buildings like size, uh, like this uh, seismic demonstrator building, but bu buildings used uh, using the seismic platform. Um, one of those is that the system suits modular manufacturers, and it's an open platform, so you have many different modular manufacturers that that, uh, that can use it. And the other the other benefit um, is that it's uh, it's a kit of parts approach, so you can break it all down, or you can uh, you can they can come in and literally modular manufacturer or Tata Steel even mm. can come and take the entire modules away, break them down, reuse the cassettes, reuse the components, reuse the whole system. And when we um, so when we were looking at the project when we were thinking about this, we actually did a survey of around 14, 15 different mod steel modular manufacturers and said, just out of interest, how often when you've been given the opportunity to go back and buy back modules from buildings that you've built in the past, how often have you taken up that opportunity and done it? Mm. And every single one of them said, we have, and we always have, and we wow. always will. Wow. So we employed um, uh, reuse, a company called Reuse Fully, some uh, Jilly Hobbs and Catherine Adams, who are global experts in, in, uh, in reuse likelihood and, uh, and uh, end of life scenarios. And they assessed that compared to a 5% likelihood of reuse of steel components from weld steel on projects, mm. the seismic platform offers an 85 to 90% likelihood wow. of reuse of the steel systems in this building, wow. which is a tremendous uh, environmental benefit. So tell us, it's tempted to talk to you all day about this, because there's so many different aspects of it, Alex, I know, but you know, how long has this project been ongoing so far? You talked about a couple of phases, and, yeah. and then maybe more importantly, where does it go next? Okay, so we started this, uh, the project was due to start on April 2020. Funnily enough, we were mm. very preoccupied with something else in April 2020. So we had a delayed start. We started in uh, uh, July instead in 2020. Um, and we ran for, uh, in the end, 21 months. Um, and so this building was opened on the 21st of March uh, 2022. Um, and the project finished uh, at the end of March uh, 2022. Uh, so we've spent the last year um, Obviously, talking about the project, looking at business models for Tata Steel, how can we, as you, as you rightly say, there's lots of different bites of this cherry, there's lots of different options, lots of different things for us to focus on. We're, we're looking at, we've been looking at where's the best place for us to roll the channels, for example, for this. 
where would we assemble floor cassettes, ceiling cassettes? How big is the market? You know, obviously lots of people talking to many different modular manufacturers. Um, the other thing that's really interesting is we've been talking to, um, in fact, we've been approached by some of the largest consulting engineering companies in the country because having a standardized system um, for, uh, for modular manufacturers gives them the opportunity to design right at the front end, the start of a project in the seismic system, uh, the seismic platform, meaning that you don't have the situation where you design a whole project, uh, the architect, the structural engineer, mechanical engineers all do their designs. They then decide to go down a modular route. It gets fully redesigned again, yeah. wasting all that time, wasting all that money. Instead, they can design it once in seismic up front and then competitively tender it to main contractors, modular manufacturers, um, and us obviously playing a role in that mm. to then deliver those buildings. So you're shrinking down all of that initial design um, concept and, and sort of detailed design phase and you're opening up um, a platform approach and this is exactly what the government wants us to do yeah. driving a construction platform standardized approach doesn't limit the architectural aesthetics of a building it just like the car manufacturers what it does is it improves from the core yeah. improves delivery yeah, well, certainly from the outside, the aesthetics are unbelievable. But uh, I guess, you know, you talked about schools and hospitals as potential yes. uh, uses of this yes. technology yeah. and system. But, you know, wh when are we going to start seeing schools and hospitals so, using seismic? So schools already are. There's uh, the Lawrence Colvert Academy is already uh, already being built by Algeco, Al uh, formerly known as Elliot on the group, on the on the, on the project. Um, they're working on that at the moment. So that's the first full scale um, uh, project using the seismic platform. Others are being worked on. It's being utilised. I believe for uh, for various different, in fact, I know for various different. Uh, uh, I'll call fast food outlets, uh, okay. for example, mm -hmm. um, and various different uh, um, uh, project types. So it is being utilised. Um, going forward, we are in, we've talked to uh, the new hospitals program. They've got to build forty new hospitals in the next what, seven, eight, nine years. Mm. Um, massive undertaking, an enormous undertaking. Uh, we've been talking to the Department of Education about how we can uh, we can um, use seismic or a variation of seismic. Um, we've been talking to, obviously, lots of modular manufacturers now really focused on really exciting projects coming out of the, um, uh, the DIO, the MOD, so the defense looking at um, uh, single living accommodation, about five billion pounds being spent on those types of building over the next over the next five uh, five ten years. So, um, so it might not be that seismic, the system as it is, based on the span that it is, um, is exactly the right system for all of those. So we're working on uh, perhaps a smaller span uh, version that could suit um, the single living accommodation, yeah. hotels, um, uh, and potentially residential, um, uh, mid-rise, high-rise residential apartments, um, maybe even houses. For if we, if so, that, so, so there's a lot of work to do, particularly with the with the uh, with the hospitals program as well again it might be a variation um, but we're there and we're talking we're involved in those conversations and when it comes to building cassettes whether it's for schools for a hospital it's for single living accommodation we will design whatever we do to suit the slightly different variations that we'd need um, but the process is the same the standardization of the vast majority of the components would be the same the way it fits together would be the same interfaces products quality mm. 
Listen, this is really the cutting edge of construction technology. These modern methods of construction, off-site construction, the standardizations of the systems. The opportunities there, it's not just schools and hospitals, as Alex was saying, anywhere you can think of where there's, there's rooms or, or accommodation, uh, this is a potential technology. We've talked a lot uh, in recent years about the increasing value of collaboration between Tata Steel and, and, and academia and, and industry partners and government. And this is another classic example of that where people coming together get the best ideas, develop the market, it's better for the business, it's better for the environment, it's faster, it's cleaner. I mean, there just seems no downsides, Alex, and I'm so grateful for you for bringing us here today. Pleasure. Fascinating to hear about it, and uh, I'll be really interested to see where it goes next, but thanks ever so much for bringing us here. Thanks, Tim. It is another fantastic story. Not this time about the specifics of decarbonising iron and steel making themselves, but the role of materials such as steel in reducing society's impact on the environment and the climate. I hope you enjoyed listening to Alex's story about seismic and the role of steel as a material in driving not only net zero solutions, but truly sustainable life cycle solutions. If you haven't yet caught up with other episodes in this series, they're all available, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Do let us know what you think or suggest other topics we can go and dig into. We'll be back with more stories about steel and the road to net zero very soon. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>